In the unprecedented times of the 2020 pandemic, our country's digital divide became widely exposed and the effects of increasing economic and digital inequalities became more apparent. As the founder and president of a technology firm, Ed Christmas questioned the reason for this, as well as the underrepresentation of blacks in the field of technology and entrepreneurship. On this podcast, Ed Christmas talks with guests about what is their why and the road they are on to bring our society to a place of greater economic and digital equality while sharing the good news of those making a difference. Welcome to The Road to Why, presented through the partnership of Cisco and Sology Solutions, a proud member of the African-American Cisco partner community. Welcome to The Road to Why, where we highlight individuals and organizations that are making a difference and have an impact on our communities. I am your host, Ed Christmas, and I'm pleased to have joined me today, Ms. Joanna Starks, Executive Director of Best of Texas Robotics. Welcome. Thank you. How are you me. doing today? I'm good, thanks. And I introduced you and gave a title for one of your organizations. I know you're involved in many organizations. This show is about how we impact our community, getting more uh, African-Americans and brown people in technology. So if you could just tell me the other organizations and how you're involved in them and the impact you're having in our community. So, of course, I'm the executive director for Best of Texas Robotics and BEST stands for Boosting Engineering Science and Technology. I'm also a statewide mentor for NASA HUNCH mm. and HUNCH stands for High Schoolers United with NASA to Create Hardware. Wow. And then I'm also a leadership coach, so a college and career readiness school models leadership coach for Educate Texas, and we consult in the Texas Education Agency. Wow. So two of those are involved in technology and the other's readiness program. Uh, tell me more about the readiness program and why that's necessary for our schools. So the CCRSM models were created. So those are our early college high schools and our PTECs, our Pathways to Technology in Early College High School. Those are for underserved populations. So we're looking mm -hmm. at at-risk, economically disadvantaged to make sure they have an opportunity to achieve certifications, level one, level two, as well as associate's degrees while they're at high school at no cost to them. So no tuition, no transportation, no well, cost to the students. How are these students selected? Is it best of breed? Is it uh, raffle, you know, by chance? How, how are they selected? So they're specifically targeted. So what we're looking for, there's no raffle, there's no barriers to entry. So no interviews, no grades, mm -hmm. no um, didn't pass star, no parent applications, none of those types of things. So we're specifically looking for students who are at risk or economically disadvantaged. Perfect. And they go to the middle schools and they work with middle school counselors and they identify these students that would be really great for our programs. And then what they do is they bring them into those programs and they really work with them and give them academic supports to make sure that they can get the level one, level two certs, as well as getting their associate's degrees in high school. So uh, the other programs are more around uh, STEAM or STEM, uh, the term today that we're familiar with mm -hmm. in our schools. Tell me more about the STEAM program. How are those individuals selected? So they just want to have to do it, okay. right? There's no, again, no barriers to entry. We're really about equity okay. and availability. So when I think about Best of Texas Robotics, it's at no cost to the school, no cost to the students. We provide everything for them, all of the building materials, all of the electronic materials, and they get to do all the work. As far as NASA Hunch, it doesn't cost them anything as well. We are providing, they don't need materials. All they need to do is have an idea. So the astronauts or the engineers will say, we have this problem we need to solve. 
and they submit those to high schoolers and the high schools will work on those projects for them. And then they have an opportunity to present those to engineers in NASA. So uh, in the industry, I understand there's competition and I understand some schools have more resources to perform in these competitions. How are we addressing that? So I think that's what's great about the programs that I do because it's not about money. So you mm. can't outspend anyone on these programs. Mm. They're all about equity. So everybody starts at the same thing. No one can add anything to the program so they can't make it better. So you'll come to a best robotics competition. Everybody started with the same amount of wood, the same amount of PVC pipe, the same exact motors, and they have the same exact time frame, eight weeks to build, design, and program a robot, Whoa. create a marketing presentation, and build a marketing booth. And they come to competition and all the robots look different, although they're performing the same task. Who's helping these uh, young adults and students uh, build these robots? So all by students, so no adults can touch okay. it. Now they do have mentors and they have teachers. So we have mentors from Texas Instruments who actually started Best of Texas Robotics. Okay. We also have mentors from Corvo, Lockheed Martin. And so we really tap into the technology sector but then our presenting sponsor, University of Texas at Dallas, they also have some of their students who will help our students to realize not just what they can do with these robotics, but what's their next step once they compete in these applications, in these projects, and they can go into college. Wow. So how did you get involved? What's your background? How did you jump into this? And uh, not only one organization, three organizations that are helping our youth. So I was a high school principal. I was a principal in a charter school for about seven years, and it was a STEM academy, so a designated wow. STEM academy. Um, when I first went there, I knew nothing about robotics. I will be always honest and say I am not an engineer. Right. I'm the non-engineer of the group, but I am an educator, and I have a passion for providing opportunities for students. And so I went into this school, and they're like, we're going to have this robotics competition. And I'm like, what is it? <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's best. What is best? Right. And they're like, oh, we have to build this robot. And they literally had a saw and a screwdriver. And in my mind, I'm like, how are they gonna build a robot with just a handsaw and a screwdriver? Right. And they couldn't, so Best sent a mentor over who actually got involved with our students and really helped them to develop. And then we figured out, you know what, we need a lab. We can't build without having a fab lab. And so we worked with the district and we said, if we raise money for all the materials, mm -hmm. would you be willing to build? And they said, yes. I think that the district didn't think we could raise a lot of money. But our students raised about $75,000 in about three weeks. Wow. So talk to me about that. How are these organizations and programs funded? Is this something Best of Texas Robotics is funding uh, for the students? Or is this outside funding? How is it being funded? So we have sponsors. So, of course, we have UT Dallas, who is going to be our presenting sponsor. We have TI, Lockheed Martin, Corvo. But in addition to that, I've worked really hard in securing um Grants. So we have a big Texas Workforce Commission grant that we got this year for $659,000, which allowed us to widen our footprint in the state of Texas and give this opportunity to more students. So without this type of funding grants, whether it's sponsors, et cetera, the programs would be lacking certain things. Is that fair to say? I would say that's fair, but I'll say that Best of Texas has been around for 30 years wow. and it's all volunteer run. So everybody who works there are volunteers. And they've always had the funds to provide what they wanted for students. That's awesome. So talk to me about your why. On this show, we've talked about how did you get here? Um, what path uh, did you take along your journey? I understand you were a principal of a, a STEM uh, charter school, but how did you find this path? And uh, what you're doing can appear to be overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. um, how do you get through it day in and day out when you're um, 
always have more to do, if that's a fair statement. So ironically, I always said I was never going to be an educator. I come from a family of educators, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. Right. And so I actually was in industry. So I was in the telecom industry for a while. I was a project manager for a long time. And then my kids were little, and I was traveling a lot, and I realized how important it is for them to have an adult in the household at all times. Absolutely. So my husband and I made a decision that I needed to come off the road. And so I thought, what could I do that would still have an impact but still give me availability to my students. So I thought, oh, I could go teach. Mm-hmm. And so I did some substitute teaching for a while, and I found that I really liked being in the classroom, um, high schoolers more than anything else because you can reason with them. And so I really worked at being an educator. I taught at a private school for a while. I was a director of IT, and then I moved into this charter school and where I got to be with my kids all the time. And as I was there, I met these kids who just kind of seemed lost. Mm. They didn't have a direction on where they were going. They were just kind of going day to day and not really taking their academics seriously. And so I really wanted to impress upon them that the decisions they make today will impact their future tomorrow. And so providing them opportunities to have these programs where they could see how they connect what they were doing in the classroom to what happens in the real world, it sparked this passion in them that they begin to really apply themselves but it changed the whole culture of that academy. So that's interesting, right? Um, I do believe in certain underserved communities, our kids are lost. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you attribute that to? Is it the system, the school curriculum, uh, a lack of interest? How do we change that? Because I've heard this story over and over again from many individuals that are involved in helping students and our youth kind of get on track. Where do you think we're failing? I think all of the above. Okay. I think that we don't always know what the opportunities that are out there. And I think that our educators are so overwhelmed with the day-to-day that Mm -hmm. goes on in in teaching students that they don't have time or they don't have the energy to go out and provide other opportunities. I also think that our parents are not always informed on what's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, luckily for me, I had a parent who was very involved and was always looking for ways for us to not waste time and to be involved in something and to spark an interest in us somewhere. I also think that just systematically, the way schools are set up, they are not set up for innovation. They're set up, everything is exactly the same way. They have boilerplates of everything, but in different communities, things have to be different because what works in one community doesn't necessarily work in another one. Absolutely. I think you're spot on there. You have a statement that says, my life statement is to Uh, connect passion and purpose. What you're doing now, do you feel like you're there? Oh, I absolutely think I'm there. I I always tell my students and I tell my own personal kids that you have to find something you love so much that you're almost willing to do it Mm -hmm. for free. And to be honest, NASA Hunch is something I do for free. That is my volunteer job that takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. And that's a state role, right? You're going around the state. I go around the state on my own dime. I go to impact students because I know what it means to have this opportunity. I think that you just have to find something that makes you wanna get up in the morning and do it. And I think impacting the future, someone had to believe in me at some point so that I can get to where I am. And I have to show these students and my own personal kids that you have to give back when you have been graced with so much to whom much is given, much is required. So it is required for me to give back and for me to impact the next generation. That is awesome. So talk to me about the adults uh, at NASA, for example. How do they um, receive these kids and what what is that uh, interaction like? 
I think it's great. They have the NASA engineers, so I travel with the NASA engineers, and they go out to these schools and they meet with students, and they are really giving them real-world problems. So these are not something they just make up. There are actually over 700 items that our high schoolers made that are on the International Space Station. <laughs> and so they're tackling things that engineers and NASA are tackling at the same time. Wow. And they're solving, I always tell them, out-of-this-world problems. Currently, they're working on things for the moon expedition and for the Mars expedition. Wow, that's amazing. So uh, give me a success story where you found a young adult, a student, and I don't want to say you changed his life, but changed, changed their projection by getting them involved in either one of these programs? So I'll tell you about my own personal child. Okay. So I have five children, okay. um, and my daughter wanted to be an actress, and her parents were not thrilled with that choice. <laughs> um, I would often tell her, you're going to be really hungry if you do that, because you cannot be get a, right. the life Starting without become accustomed. And so we really got her involved in not just NASA, but in Best Robotics as well. Mm. And currently, she's an electrical engineer at Texas Instruments. Awesome. And so being with the um, engineers that are at NASA, being with the engineers who we interact with at Best, she got to see how she can take her passion for acting and put it into her career and have the best of both worlds. Mm. So to be technologically smart, but to also be personable where she can interact with people, she can out-present anybody, and she can be successful in the career that she's right. in. No, that's an awesome story, and you said something very interesting. As you know, in our lives, every day we're acting, whether it's at the job or mm -hmm. in other environments, especially if uh, you're um, not well accepted, right? So in our world, sometimes we have to act. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that was uh, brilliant of you to uh, put her in that direction. Uh, question on your journey. Your mom had this saying or belief that education should be equitable and accessible mm -hmm. by all. Uh, here we are in 2023 going into 2024. Do you believe that's the case? I do think it's equitable and acceptable, but I think that oftentimes we opt out. Mm. So I think that we get so busy with the day-to-day -day of just life that we forget that we have to also impact our own personal children and put back into them by looking for opportunities. And I think that our community, we're just tired. We're tired of the struggle. Mm. We're tired of having to work really, really hard. And just the act of trying to make ends meet on a day-to-day -day basis, sometimes we lose sight that there's other things we have to do in addition. So I think in doing that, we opt out of opportunities that mm -hmm. we would have because we don't know about them or we're too tired to access yeah. to accept them or access them. That's very interesting. Uh, I think what you're saying, it could be an economic struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, if you talk about our communities, you know, being, you know, deserts for food, deserts mm -hmm. for technology, et cetera, uh, it is a little more challenging, I would say. So uh, the struggle's real, um, but I think what you're saying is the opportunities also there just have to work a little harder to um, bring light to it. Is that yeah, a fair I statement? about my mom. My mom was a single parent raising two children in South Central LA. It was not easy. And she had to make a lot of sacrifices, but she was very intentional on the academics and education for, for both my brother and I. Mm -hmm. She'd sent us outside of our neighborhoods for school because she wanted something that was going to be a better education for us. And it wasn't easy. They were, I went an hour away from home to go to school wow. and got on a school bus every day. But in addition to that, she made sure that we were active in our community. So we were volunteering with her. She was a union vice president. Mm. And so we'd go to picket lines. We'd go to um, election rallies. So she made sure we were real rounded. She would take us to museums 
and we had no idea what we were looking at, but she said, someday, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna have to go do this with someone. She'd take us, save up her money, and take us to a really nice mm -hmm. restaurant and say, I need you to learn how to sit in this atmosphere so when you are in business and you're successful and you have to do this, that you know how you need to act and you know how you need to behave. Yeah. So in your journey, you had someone um, hands-on, engaged, right? Mm -hmm. Not all of our youth have that. Are we... Um, failing because it's not enough of us involved and engaged to uh, participate in our community to make them aware of these opportunities. I agree with that. I think that we get so involved in our own lives and what mm -hmm. we're doing that we forget that we have to reach back and pick up the next generation. We're so busy trying to get out of where we were because right. we didn't like it or we want something better, but someone had to help us. And I think it's important for us to always reach out and reach back and pull up the next generation. Because if we don't, then we're gonna have what we have now, and we have people that don't have a direction or they don't know where to go. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And on that, um, I use the term, the divide continues to grow, mm -hmm. the digital divide we talk about on a technology uh, perspective, but the entire divide uh, continues to grow mm -hmm. and we seem to be left behind. What is your answer for corporations? You talked about Texas Instrument. You talked about University of uh, Texas, Dallas, et cetera. Uh, how do they get more involved? Or what do you see the answer being? Is it corporations getting involved? Because I view this as raw talent that we're missing. I think it's corporations. I think it's community. Mm. I think it's family. Yeah. So I think corporations need to be willing to put their money where their mouth is. They want this talent, but they have to be willing to cultivate this talent. And that cultivation means time as well as funding. And so I think that our sponsors have been very intentional on giving us the funds we need, and we're responsible to them to make sure that we're reaching the population that they're looking for. I think when we think about the community, there are people in the community who may not have resources, but they have time and talent, and being willing to take that time and talent and give back whether that is spending an hour a week at your school, that helping with some kind of after school program or even in the classroom, whether it is take, be taking the role of a mentor. I know growing up in Los Angeles, we had something called LAMPS, the Los Angeles Mentor Program. And there were people who gave their time to spend time with youth like myself to just show us there was something outside of our neighborhoods. Absolutely. Taking us on field trips, those types of things. And I think we need to do that too, is take our students outside of their yeah. environment to show them that there is something else. Yeah. And then I think it takes family. I think that family is the center of everything because that's the backbone of the support that you have. And if you don't have the support and of your family, it's very hard to move forward because just a place to land that you feel safe and you yeah. feel comfortable and where you can be vulnerable and speak your truth, I think that's important. And I think that we're missing that in our community right now because everybody is so busy yeah. trying to make a living, but I think it all comes back to those three pieces. Yeah, the sacrifice there. No, I totally. You, you mentioned uh, underserved communities, and mm -hmm. you know, in our political environment, uh, we've seen this, you know, separation uh, going on both extremes. Has any of that impacted the involvement of corporations or the state in that matter? Um, I don't think so. In the work that I do. I think that we leave all that aside and we're said, if we're gonna be about kids, we're gonna be about we're gonna kids. Do what's right. And we're gonna do what's right for these students. And so I tell everybody who works with us, all of our volunteers, our board of directors, we are student 
focused. It's not about the adults in the room because we've all made it. We're where we want to be in our careers. It's all about these students and having an impact on these students and providing opportunities for them. Got it. That is awesome. And I commend you. Question for you around what challenges you're faced with. As you know, all organizations are faced with challenges. What would you say your challenges are at this point? Any any one of these organizations? I think we can always use more volunteers. Okay. Um, it takes a lot to run a volunteer service organization, right? right? Um, our championship game we just had at Fair Park, we had over 110 volunteers. Wow. It takes a lot to put on those games. Also, as I'm traveling around the state of Texas and I'm recruiting more teams to come in, I'm recruiting more schools to be involved. It takes funding to be able to do those traveling and to reach those students. But it also takes teachers, administrators, and superintendents to be willing to say, yes, I'm going to opt into this opportunity for these students. It's going to take some time. I might need to have to rework the schedule, but I'm willing to take that um, leap so that these students have this opportunity. How many schools do you have involved in the program? So in Best of Texas, we have about 350 schools throughout the state of Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, New Mexico. Um, in Hunch, just in Texas, so I'm only dealing with Texas, right. um, in North Texas, we probably have about 60 schools. I recently went down to the Rio Grande Valley to provide the opportunity for them, and we had almost 1,300 students that wanted to be involved in this program. Oh, wow. So kids are excited about the programs and want to get involved. They are because they, A, who doesn't love space, right? <laughs> so they, they know that astronauts and engineers are coming. Right. But they also see the opportunities that they get. We make sure that they have networking opportunities. I'm always telling them, have your resume ready. Have your mm -hmm. elevator pitch ready. Making sure that they are taking advantage of the opportunities that are in front of them and really learning how to network and learning all of those workforce skills that we talk about all the time. But knowing how do I take those workforce skills and those networking skills and apply my academics because who you know opens the door, but what you know keeps you in the seat. So these programs not only offer the, you know, the robotics and all of that, they're soft, soft life skills. Absolutely. Being taught. Time management. NASA timeline does not move. Mm -hmm. Best of Texas, it's eight weeks. Mm -hmm. We don't say, well, that didn't yeah. work out. I left no. my homework. No, no, no. <laughs> it's eight weeks and you have to perform. And so we teach them time management. How do, They have to do marketing presentations. So they have to be comfortable mm -hmm. speaking to people. We do it kind of Shark Tank style. So they have to learn how to do a pitch, a really good pitch. Right. We talk about the economics. So they really have to come up with a budget. Mm. So although we provide everything at no charge to them, they do fundraise for their t-shirts or for maybe their buses that are going to come to competitions. And so they have to be comfortable going to organizations and asking for funding for that. Yeah. You talked about here in Fair Park, there was a competition. Mm -hmm. um, I knew about it because we spoke about it uh, after I got introduced to you by Tony. But how would others know about this? Um, if you could just share with the audience, how do people know more about the programs that is going on at, you know, Best of Texas Robotics, as well as the NASA uh, Hunch, as well as the uh, TEA program? You know, what would you tell the audience? How do others get involved? I would say if you want to get involved in Best of Texas Robotics, you go to our website of bestoftexasrobotics.org. If you want to find out more about NASA Hunch, you go to the website at nasahunch.com. And if you want to learn about what's going on in the state of Texas with early college high schools and PTEX, you go to the TEA website and you look up CCRSM, College and Career Readiness School Models, and you look for early college high schools and PTEX, Pathways to Technology and Early College High School. That is awesome. I just want to say you are doing amazing things. Uh, it's up to us 
to get more people involved. Uh, mm -hmm. Just what you said, we got to get more volunteers. There's a lot of programs I'm involved with, so we will definitely be in contact. Is there anything else you want to close out with? I would just say I'm just excited about the opportunities for students. I often hear students say, oh, I wish that they had this when I was in high school, especially right. our college students. So know that there are things that are not going to cost you any money. It may cost you time. But that time is worth it for the opportunities that our students are going to have in the future. Absolutely. Johannes, you're doing great things. I appreciate you coming on the show. And to our audience, I hope this was helpful. There is opportunity out there. Uh, I think the call is for volunteers. I think for students to open up their eyes to see and get involved when you can. And until we meet next time, be blessed.